In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The story of the wise men is one of those picturesque scenes from Christmas. Everyone seems to like that part of the story. And the problem with the Bible stories that we like is that we tend to forget what they're actually about and what they're meant to teach us. And St. Matthew will use a really intentional term to describe these men. He calls them magoi, which is a term that Jewish readers will probably be a bit confused to see in their Bibles because it means magician or astrologer. It's the term that we use to think about those people who are doing the palm readings down in the French Quarter in New Orleans. They're not the sort of people that the Bible say we should associate with. So St. Matthew will start out his story by emphasizing that these magi are coming in search of the Messiah. They're searching. And that's the first key element of the story. They may not be starting off exactly in the right place, but none of us do, do we? But they have a sense that there's something out there that they need to find. And so they're searching for that thing. A search implies a mystery. There's a necessity of going out from yourself, of leaving behind something else and grasping toward an unknown. So the first essential question for us in this scene is, where are they going? Where are you going? That destination, that goal of yours, is in some ways, in many ways, far more important than where you are now. One of the major issues of our modern culture, especially in a culture of social media, is we tend to see nothing but these seemingly perfect images of other people. We see what people want us to see, which for them is a finished product, or at least it's an image, right, of a finished product. But most people aren't putting their unfinished mess up in social media for us to see. But when we see other people and then we look at ourselves and our unfinished mess, it can be defeating because we feel like everyone else seems to be getting to be where we want to be. But we're just stuck where we are. And this is really the case in the spiritual life, especially if we're new to the faith. It can be so frustrating when we seem to keep hitting against these walls, the expectations of the church, the law of God, things like the Sunday mass obligation, confession, the moral life, and we just keep failing. And I would venture to say that most people aren't failing because they want to be failures, right? But they keep making mistakes and they keep feeling like they're coming up short and it frustrates them. And so they lose sight of that goal and they start to give up. We have tended to call these magi wise men over the years, but we shouldn't be imagining these men as the people in the Bible that have everything figured out. The fact that Matthew calls them magicians is meant to be a sign to us really of the opposite, right? These men are coming out of the culture of the world. They're realizing they need something else, and they don't quite understand what that something else is, but they're going to go search for it. And more than that, we see in the story that despite the fact that these men aren't Jews, they aren't coming from a religious or a moral background, despite that, God gives them a sign that they can recognize in the star. That's the love of God. God loves every single person, not just the good ones, everyone. He's calling all people to himself, and he never gives up. He throws everything he can at us. So it isn't just us who's searching. God is constantly searching for us. But it isn't enough for us to just be called. At some point in the faith, we have to acknowledge that if we're going to reach this destination, 
We have to be willing to step out into the unknown, into a world and into a life that isn't necessarily entirely foreign to us, but to into a world that is different from the one we're living in right now. And that can be scary to leave behind the comfort of where we are right now, where we were before, because it's exactly that. It's comfortable. We get so used to the way things are in our lives. And, and I mentioned this at the start of the Advent season. A lot of times our initial hesitancy to step toward God isn't because we just want to be these faithless and immoral people, but because we're just plain lazy or we're afraid. God isn't looking for you to end this day as a finished product. Now, we tend to think the church sees it that way because the church gives us all these high expectations, but you don't climb to the top of the mountain by jumping there. You have to go inch by inch and reach and push yourself to get there, and sometimes you're going to slip up. The church has an answer for that in confession. There wouldn't be a sacrament of confession if God didn't know you were going to fail. Let me say that again. God would not have given you a sacrament of confession if he didn't know from the start with absolute certainty that you were going to fail. But he gives us the resources of the church as a means to help keep us moving along in this search. So long as we're li willing to listen to her, if we're willing to push forward and to keep going and to pick ourselves up when we stumble. And again, what is important here is the destination. Where are you going? Who are you trying to become? Answering the question of how you are going to get there is far less important than knowing as where it is you're trying to go. There's a prayer by Thomas Merton that I came across while I was in seminary, and I think it puts this thought together pretty well. Thomas prays, My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all I'm doing. And that's an honest prayer, I think. That is the image we need to have for these three magi. We have these three men who have no clue what they're doing. But they're putting themselves out into the unknown because they know that where they are right now isn't good enough. And so not knowing where it is they really are going to go, where this prophecy is going to take them, they're putting their trust in something bigger than themselves. In this case, in the Jewish scriptures and in the prophecy of the Messiah. And they're setting themselves out on a search. Faith requires stepping out into the unknown. You don't feel the tug of a parachute until you jump out of that plane. Now, we are meant to do that with the church. All of us are imperfect messes. That's the reality. But God has given us the church as a means of guiding us through the unknown that is this life, and we're meant to step out into that unknown, as difficult as that may be from time to time, and to trust that the church is going to take us where we need to be if we listen to her, if we keep our focus on the goal, if we keep trying. I tell people all the time that a good reflection is to every now and then sit down and ask yourself, am I closer or am I farther away now from the man or woman I want to be? 
right? Because if you aren't closer to that point, then maybe it's time to try something different. Maybe it's time to push yourself a bit more out of your comfort zone and see where God will lead you. God loves every one of you in an incredible and an incomparable way. He loves each of you as if you were the only person in all of creation. And God is so desperately searching for you to love him. He's going to throw everything he can at you to bring you to himself. And the person he's trying to get to respond to him is the person you are right now. With all your weaknesses and with all your mistakes. That's who he wants. He is wanting that person because he knows that you are incapable of overcoming those weaknesses on your own. But you have to respond to him. You have to be willing at some point to be okay coming before God as an unfinished mess. God isn't looking for you to bring him gold or frankincense or myrrh. He wants you. He wants you with all your problems. Later in the gospel, this child Jesus will grow up and he's going to give us a parable of the prodigal son. It's a, it's a story we know well, so I don't need to go through the whole thing for you. But I want you to think about how that parable ends. The son is out on his own. And he spent through all his money, right? All the money his dad gave him. And he's starving and he's in poverty. And he knows that the only thing left for him now is either to die or to go back to his dad and hope that his dad's going to forgive him and give him another chance. And we can imagine how embarrassing that must have been for him. And we see him in the gospel, right? He's rehearsing what he's going to say to his dad, that he messed up, that he wasted his chance, that he isn't worthy of being called a son anymore, he's going to ask his dad if he can just be treated as one of his hired workers, earn enough money to survive. And then he sets out on a journey home. But when he gets to his father's house, the father runs out and embraces him and immediately restores him to where he was before. The son doesn't even get a chance to go through this rehearsed speech he has. He just receives the father's forgiveness and he starts over as if nothing ever went wrong. That's the message of the epiphany for us today. It's really the message of the whole gospel. Stop rehearsing your speech. Stop giving up because it's hard. Just try. Just try. Keep your eye on the goal. Because if your goal really is Jesus Christ, really, then it doesn't matter how many times you mess up because eventually you are going to find him. Or better yet, eventually he's going to find you. You just have to keep searching. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.